Is every president qualified to be a manager? Is Joe Biden qualified to give public speeches? No, but <laughs> literally we put these people in, in the place of power to where they are the man on top. So yeah, I think it's crazy. I think. This stuff has been gathering dust. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> I feel bad now. We got all this nice stu stuff and we haven't even filmed for a couple of weeks. For so real. I'm like, I'm super ready for this one. I'm, I'm excited, but I don't even know what to talk about. I've been so off of mainstream media, the news and everything to where I haven't even been paying that much attention to it. I feel like because last week I went back to Kansas for a vacation um, to kind of take my mind off of work and to stop thinking about everything that uh, stresses me out or that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and so, yeah, I feel a little disconnected, but it is sad to hear that that Black Panther died. Chad, Chad Boseman. Oh, for real, man. Yeah, that Chad was, That happened only like two, three days ago, right? A couple days ago. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I have none. It is crazy, though, that he uh, nobody knew that he had cancer. That's that's the crazy part. So I don't I don't know much about him. I haven't watched any interviews of him. Black Panther was a cool movie. Loved him in Avengers. Um, but yeah, it is sad. I saw Joe Rogan was like getting teary eyed because of it. He was like on a, someone else's podcast and he was like crying. Mm -hmm. And I think that just goes to show like there's a lot of celebrities dealing with things that we don't even know just because like but we have the perception of that they have their their shit together yeah it's because you post the highlight reels on, on social media like literally i was thinking about this the other day when i posted a picture of me and my brand new puppy milo that one dog thing and uh and literally i was like yo if someone comes on my instagram they have no idea what my life is actually like they think they know because they just see the whatever i post which is like highlights you know yeah I, I think it's crazy that celebrities do that, though. I mean, that's their job. Yeah. It's essentially. I mean, oh, I, was, I said that wrong. I think it's crazy that there's celebrities that are, like, completely away from social media. You know, like Ryan Gosling. You never see that guy post on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> if he does, I don't know about it. There's, like, there's a select few celebrities who are, like, super, super A-list to where everybody knows them and they n probably never post, you know? Yeah, how would you feel about, like, I'm curious, how would you feel about just paparazzi nonstop, 24-7, just following you around? I'd want to experience it before yeah. I make, make up my mind. You got your small glimpse at the airport coming back? Oh, shit, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, gotta let him know. Guy uh, came up and said my book changed his life. Uh, you know, at this point, it's just like, you know, it happens all the time. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, it was, it was fun. It was, uh, it was an interesting experience. I assumed that it might happen one day, but when it finally happened, I was like, oh, this shit, that just happened. Like I did not expect that right now. Um, so yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. And what was funny is, uh, <laughs> so this guy comes up to me, I'm sitting at, at the Kansas city airport and I'm waiting to fly back to Arizona and uh, this is for all the the recap for all the people listening. And um, literally, I'm sitting there. I'm not wearing my face mask because you have to wear your face mask at all times in the airport and on the airplane, which sucks, right? And uh, mm -hmm. I've like fuck a face mask, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, uh, and I took mine off because you know fuck a face mask. And this dude walked up and I he was rolled up and I was like, yo, is he gonna get mad because I'm not wearing my face mask? And he's like, are you Patrick James? I'm like. 
oh shit, this is crazy. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man, I just want to say I saw you and your book changed my life, man. Oh, cool, man. That's crazy. Nice to meet you. What's your name? And we started talking and he's with two other people and it's like two guys and I, I wasn't paying attention and I just assumed it was like his buddies or something. But then he sat a couple seats away from me. So it's like this row. He sees, he sits two seats away from me. And then these other two guys sit uh, beside him and they're just kind of not paying attention, uh, attention to us. And me and him start talking for a little bit. And I feel myself uh, pressured to like carry the conversation a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh th yeah, I'll be like, let's, let's just chat. Like it doesn't happen every day where someone comes up to you and says that their book changed your life, you know? Um, and so, uh, literally we were talking for like two minutes and I feel like I'm the one asking all the questions when he's the one who came up to me. And, uh, I was like, maybe he's just like a little, feels a little awkward in the moment or whatever. But, um, then he sat like, there was a little bit of an awkward silence and he's sitting next to me and the two people next to him, it comes, turns out that that's his like father and brother. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, yo, th do they know who I am? Do they know about my book? That's kind of like, do you talk about this stuff with them too? And apparently they didn't know who I was. I was just some random dude that their son walked up to or whatever. So he was just hyped and yeah. just confused on why this random man, yeah. random tall dude. And so after about two minutes of conversation, it, I feel myself like going, yo, I'm not just going to carry the conversation. So, uh, I'm, I just kind of went silent and, Literally, it felt like an awkward silence. And then he goes, all right, man, well, uh, I'm going to let you do your thing. Uh, I'm going to let you go back to what you were doing. And he says that. And I'm like, but bro, you act like I'm going to leave. I was sitting here first. <laughs> now you're sitting here. And so I just kind of sat there in the awkward silence and I basked in it and uh, in that tension. And I was just kind of minding my own business. I was I went back to the playing the game on my phone that I was playing and uh and I feel like he felt awkward silence to where he goes, hey, man, I did have one question. I go, what's that? And he goes, yo, so there's this program that you sold a couple of months ago um, and, you know, the, the sale ended. Would you be able to let me buy that? And I literally sent him the link right there and he bought it. And I had the realization, me just having a little bit of awkward tension made him feel so awkward he felt obligated to give me money. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Yeah. It's not something you come across every day. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just crazy to hear. I remember you telling me that story and I'm like, oh, I was surprised to hear that was like the first time a, a, like a stranger just noticed you. I've had my my inclination that I've been out at bars and clubs talking to girls, even if it's my girlfriend. I've had a few moments where I'm like, this guy's totally trying to pick up my girl right now. And I feel like he singled me out for a reason, you know, so mm. I get I get the inclination that a lot of people do recognize me and not everybody does come up to me, you know? Oh, uh, they just see you. They just notice you and they're just like, okay, that's the yeah. guy. Especially like when I'm going around Tempe or any college town and I'm around college kids, you got to assume these horny ass college kids are watching dating advice videos. And so, um, I never know if someone gives me a little double glance, I I'll, I'll notice that kind of stuff. And I realize, oh, he probably recognized me, you know? Yeah. 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 So what ask, is, what asking. are your some what are some of your thoughts on the Chadwick Bossman or whatever? Uh honestly sad. I'm I'm like on the same boat as you. I don't really know too much about it. I just know it's always kind of just sad to lose someone. Yeah. Right. So I mean he seemed very genuine and he seemed to have put like effort into making other people's lives better, you know, even though his what how old was he when he passed? Uh, I think he was like 43 or something. Yeah, he was still fairly young. Like low 40s. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's unfortunate. Like, it, ah, man, I just hate even talking about cancer because uh, you, you never know, you know? Um, and I think what impressed me most of that situ- about that situation was just that he just, uh, he didn't really tell anybody, you know? Nobody really knew. Um, but anyways, it sucks. 2020, man. First Kobe, then COVID, then Chadwick. Wait, it's all like C's and K's. <laughs> and then UFOs. The protests. <laughs> the protests. Black Bro. Lives Matter. Um, yeah, man, it's been a crazy year. And you got to wonder, is it due to the election? Is the election the thing that's causing all this political fucking stir in the media? And maybe it's not as bad as it really seems, They're but it's just... just the it skew- exactly. Yeah. And there seems to be like, I mean, just following the media... Uh, whenever you watch it, there always seems to be like tensions, whether it's within the U.S. or outside of the U.S. You know, I feel like there's something going on everywhere. It, it feels like it really does make it feel like there's just a movement going on right now. Mm. Like s- change is happening. Yeah. It's really weird. Though. You think it's just because of the the uh, election? You think once the, pol- the election happens, it'll all just kind of pass over? I feel like slowly, but depending, I feel like if Trump wins, maybe they might try to, you know it on a little bit longer yeah uh but it's crazy because i was listening to uh, a story where apparently the protesters in kenosha a big majority i don't know the exact numbers but they were the ones that were being arrested they didn't even live in that area they were from out of state and that wasn't like that's not the first time i've heard that like a lot of the protests that are going on right now they're happening from like these organized organized uh movements uh, like low-key and like that they're trying to like secretly keep it on the low like they're they're attacking them and breaking them down and shit like that yeah yeah i don't know about that shit but i've been i've been playing my block game on my phone (laughs) (laughs) just playing fucking tetris and shit (laughs) that's what i know i got my high score and it's like three times what kate's high score is so you know it's a little underlying passive aggressive tension in the relationship because i got a better score than her but hey you know i'm a winner what what can you expect you know, you're playing a, a rigged game, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Dude, I, I miss just having stuff open, man. Just like going out, whether it's amusement parks, theater. I've been itching to go to a theater, even though I, when they were open, I would never go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something new. Um, just going out, playing arcades. Yeah. I don't know, just going back, I guess, to the normal. I realize I'm letting Kate pick the movies that we go to. Way too much. And here's how I noticed. Because when I went back to Kansas, um, I was talking about movies that I'd seen with my friend and his baby mama. And we were just kind of hanging out and just drinking. I, we grilled some steaks. It was awesome, right? And so we're talking about movies that were out and, like, what movies we went to see. And I'm like, yeah, I went with Kate to see Frozen 2. Uh, oh, yeah, and we also saw Sonic the Hedgehog. And then we started talking about movies that uh, you only get on rental you don't go to the movie theater to see that one um and and i realized like they were looking down on me for like bro why would you pay to go to the fucking movie theater to see sonic the hedgehog and i'm thinking to myself because kate wanted to see it (laughs) was it good though was it good Hmm. uh it was one of the you know i was pleasantly surprised by sonic the hedgehog sonic the hedgehog was a big part of my childhood it was one of my favorite go-to games on sega genesis that along with aladdin uh number one and i also liked you know tom and jerry mortal Kombat. so sega genesis it was like a fun movie 
would yeah. you say? <laughs> yeah, just like Sonic. a fun movie, just like <laughs> yeah. So Sonic was a fun movie. I think it was a fun movie. It was a little cheesy, which is why I would dock it a little bit. Um, on a scale of one and ten, it's probably a solid seven. I give you a C plus. Um, there you go, folks. <laughs> yeah, a C plus. But you didn't get a B and an A because it's a little too cheesy for my taste. But Jim Carrey stole. Yeah, and honestly, guys, <laughs> I feel like the fucking Sonic they. Man, the the movie could have been so much bigger. I don't know how well it actually did. Let me look it up. But um, actually, you look it up <laughs> uh, because I'm trying to. I don't want to lose my train of thought. <laughs> and uh, how much did it do at the box office? Because people fucking complaining on the internet, trying to cancel fucking Sonic the Hedgehog, delaying the fucking release by almost a year because they got to go in and re-CGI every fucking scene. And I watched the movie and I'm like, bro, I don't even remember what the last Sonic looked like, but this one doesn't look like the one in the movie or in the video game either. But who gives a fuck? It's a fucking movie. Yeah. Well, to be fair though, the original, did you see like the original, original trailer where they had like, an ugly ass i don't even it's not even sonic it's just this blue skinny looking like it just looks like a meme i don't know what the fuck they were thinking but it's just like this this thing like mm-hmm. did you, you, didn't did like you see it? it i think i saw it but i did my thought when i saw it was oh shoot they're coming out with the sonic movie <laughs> you know it wasn't these motherfuckers changed how he looked you know like i i'm just not looking for things to get outraged by maybe i'm different I'm yeah, different. I don't know, but I'm kind of glad they, they did that. Just cause it, I mean, it just looks... Honestly, the other one just creeped me the fuck out. Okay. It was just creepy for me, but Sonic the Hedgehog, they grossed $146.1 million in the U.S. and Canada, and then $106.7 million in other territories. So is that good? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they made money. I don't know how much they put into the CGI. Well, they had to redo it all, so probably didn't make shit because I feel like it lost its hype. Yeah, you know? unless that was their intention and it was just like a marketing scheme. If it was a marketing scheme, I just feel like it lost its hype. When I went, the movie theater was empty. Granted, I probably went a couple weeks after it came out and I went on like a Sunday afternoon, but it was empty. And I don't know. It was like a fun movie if you're a kid, if you want to go with your family. Yeah, whatever. I don't even I don't think it's worth the five minutes we've spent talking about it though. <laughs> For a C plus movie. For a C plus movie. What's a really good movie you've seen recently? Uh I don't know. Probably the one that comes to mind is that Korean horror movie mm. that I told you. The scary movie, the Gon Gonjiam Haunted Asylum or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That one was pretty cool. I liked it. It was it was trippy for sure. <laughs> I only watched it because you recommended it. I've I've never been a huge fan of um, Korean movies myself uh, because I'm I feel like when I watch a movie I want to sit back, relax, and enjoy myself the movie. And to me, subtitles sounds like effort. But uh, I gave that movie Parasite a chance simply because I had heard. Um, probably after most people that it was like an award-winning movie. Mm-hmm. I just kept seeing it. And so I assumed Parasite was going to be a horror movie. Uh, and when I watched it, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, you get really baked 
and you say, fuck it, I'm going to read the subtitles while I'm really baked and just see how the Koreans live and how their movies are. Because I'll tell you what, I live with a Korean mom or lived when I was living with my mom. uh, And Koreans are very dramatic. My mom especially, I feel like, is the drama queen of the Koreans. And here's one thing you'll know is that in every city, I don't care how big the city is or wherever you are in the U.S., all the Korean ladies know each other. All the Korean ladies are a fucking neural link of fucking their minds are connected. They know each other, right? They can sense their spidey senses go off and they go, there's a Korean lady around me. I must meet her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so they all know each other. And so my mom is the drama queen of the Koreans where we came from. Koreans are very dramatic. So I was interested to see how over the top dramatic are these fucking Koreans if you're a Korean person, sorry if you get offended Was by she this. Was she gossipy? <laughs> um, my Is mom, that what you mean by, like, dramatic? Yeah, she's a little gossipy. My mom's also just a very negative person. Mm. I don't feel like she that's the norm of Korean people. So, guys, I'm just joking if you're Korean and you're listening to this, right? Don't take offense to it. Or do. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I feel like Mexican ladies, like my mom, she's definitely very gossipy. Yeah. Sometimes dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, all the Korean ladies, they're just looking for reasons to, to have something to be excited about. Anyways, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yes, like I anticipated, the Koreans are pretty dramatic, and I feel like um, <laughs> I feel like I'm sounding racist right now. <laughs> um, but I'm half Korean. I can say this shit about my people half the time. Bro, you're canceled already. I'm can, dude. You're canceled. Talk about canceled. I just hit twenty eight thousand subscribers on my dating advice YouTube channel. Ooh, the clapping sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Just add it in there. Yeah. Let's see if we can find it. Oh, uh, there we go. 28,000 subscribers. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, on this channel, this channel, the podcast channel on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or whatever fuck you listen to podcasts and it's not on YouTube, then go check us out on YouTube so you can see the video version of the podcast. And uh, we passed... Uh, 187 subscribers, which means we have 188. And that's significant because I started a vlog channel once upon a time and I only uploaded like four or five vlogs, uh, mostly because it just didn't feel like my style. Um, I, I tried it out. I felt like I was good at it and I could have been great at it, but I also feel like I can be good at anything I set my mind to. Um, and to me, now the podcast feels a lot more congruent to who I am as a person, uh, even compared to the Dating Advice channel. But anyways, that vlog channel that had like five vlogs um, had like 187 subscribers and we finally passed it on the podcast channel. There we go. Yeah. Is that channel still up with the old videos? Yeah, it's still up. Um, I used to have it linked up on my other channels, but I, I don't plan on ever uploading to that channel. Um, unless I wanted to start another thing that wasn't vlogs or if I wanted to randomly do vlogs again one day, maybe I'll link it up. But, um, nah, the podcast is something that I'm, uh, low key trying to go all into right now. Uh, I, it just feels more congruent to me. It feels like I'm being called to do it. Like I'm pulled to make a podcast. Yeah. And with that said, dude, I had an idea the other day. What if you had a podcast, right? But in a haunted, like mansion or haunted hotel Yo, that'd be fucking that'd scary be, that's what i'm saying <laughs> like just just one light and every everything else is just dark yeah just podcast. you just see us <laughs> yo and it's like a wooden table we have a ouija board sitting there 
That'd be nuts. And so one one day, the fucking thing on top of the Ouija board just, just starts vibrating. Yo, is that because be you fun. left your vibrator on? <laughs> just like, yeah. Speaking of vibrator, my girl busted out a vibrator the other day, Damn. which is kind of weird. Um, I had, that was not weird. It was unexpected. I was not opposed to it, but she busted it out for our enjoyment. And so I was like, oh, cool. You know, switching things up. That's Having cool. Fun. I think it's because she's all the Netflix, man. She's so, she's so, not she, most people are so uh, influenced by Netflix. And Netflix is releasing movies that are Netflix originals that are basically pornos. Bro, for real. Yeah. I forgot what which one it was. Uh, ah, it's not coming to mind. But 365 is I, one I, of them. I don't know, but it's just basically a bunch of dicks. Kate showed me two around. of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. And uh, she's been watching all of them. She also has been reading all the Twilight books and all the, 50, not Fifty Shades of Grey, but like some of the these newer books that are like romantic, like. What do they call them? Uh, literotica. Oh, I, <laughs> you know? I've never heard that. Kate gets down on the literotica, which is kind of weird. She's just she'll be working all day while reading it, and you just know what's on her mind all day, low key. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast, so she would never hear that. But if she does, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just in a fucking mood, huh? Yeah, yeah. So what what's been new with you? I feel like we haven't talked too much about what you've been doing outside of work lately. Honestly, it's been pretty boring. Yeah? Yeah, just door dashing, fucking... I, that's why I want to get into, like, at least a martial art or something. Mm. That's what I'm trying. I'm just like, I haven't... At first, like, I tried being social here, but as of late, I've just been kind of like a hermit inside my apartment. Really? Yeah. That's I, feel like I feel like that's most people. Yeah, so I'm going to try getting back out, you know, socializing. This Friday, going to hit up a rave. Yeah? Yeah, so that should be fun. Going to more of those underground raves? Yeah, because there's, like, no events going on right now. Yeah. Are you so. worried about catching something? Mm, not really, to be honest with you. Yeah? I feel like, man, people in Kansas, you know, they say Arizona is a terrible state for COVID right now. But when I went back to Kansas, people were out. Bars were packed. I, I just felt like they were way more chill about it there, you know? Really? Yeah. And my buddy was even... And I heard multiple people joking around. Maybe it's just that circle of people I was around. But they were they were talking that they were conspiratorially talking, being like, "Yo, this is this shit is just fake. You know, it's not real." I definitely feel like it's real, but it's blown way out of proportion. Yeah, you know, to where so it, it's kind of hard to gauge to where it's really at because mm-hmm. I just feel like there's like a lot of politics with this, and it's yeah. I mean, I was talking to Kate about this the other day. I was like, do you think it's real or not? Kate doesn't even like to acknowledge the fact that it might not be real because she's superstitious and she wants to uh, ensure that we don't get it by talking negatively about it, Um, which, you know what? I'm down for some superstition from time to time, so I'll I'll entertain that. Um, But I, I personally don't know anybody who's been diagnosed and... I guess, yeah, obviously there are tests and people are being tested positive, but I also feel like way more people are claiming they have COVID when they just got flu-like symptoms, you know? Actually, supposedly my my aunt and my cousin, so two of my aunts and a cousin got COVID. They got Mm -hmm. tested, they tested positive. My aunt had really bad symptoms, but one of my aunts, she has asthma, and uh, we thought we were, uh, my mom was more worried about her, and apparently she didn't feel anything. She's tested positive, but... 
for her it was like literally she didn't feel anything yeah so it, it's it's really weird and apparently one of the nurses told uh one of my cousins that like they've been dealing with this um i don't know if it was covid but with this flu or whatever since last year last december I could see that. That's when all the COVID talk was getting really big internationally. Yeah, but they couldn't, they legally couldn't say anything about it. Why? I don't know. I guess they signed like an NDA, the nurses or whatever. Uh, oh, the people overseas? No, uh, they live in the Bay Area. Okay. This was last year that they couldn't talk about it? Yeah. Oh, so they, it was in the U.S. Since. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like in the U.S. So that's where I'm just like, oh, I was just thrown, you know. Yeah. I mean, if that's guard. true, that's fucked up, you know, because um, why would you want to keep it secret? You know, if a storm's coming, hey, bro, like, tell me if there's a storm coming, you know, like, hey, if a car's heading my way and it's about to hit me, you know, please let me know before it hits me. Yeah. Um, so that just seems a little, I mean, but who the fuck knows these days? That's like what 2020. I'm but the, the crazy thing is, if you think otherwise, if you think it's not real, if you're not like, you know, for face masks and all that. People get so upset and they get so angry and they get so mad and they say, how dare you? You're killing people. You're, you know, you're, you know what the, is the, at the root of all this? What? The very root cause of all of this shit happening today is participation trophies, period. You know, kids get coddled these days. They don't get spanked. They get a fucking ribbon just for fucking even trying, you know, and it's because, uh, of that, that just like my puppy, who's not used to being alone, the second he's alone, he starts what? Yipping and barking, like you said. And so all these people who are used to feeling good because we got to consider your emotions and we don't want to make you feel like a loser, right? Because of this, as soon as anybody makes them feel like things are not the way that they want them to be, then they start making fucking noise and just people start fucking reacting. It's like, well, what do you fucking want? And they're like, I don't know what I fucking want. I just want validation, right? That's what's causing all of it is just fucking pussy ass children getting participation ribbons and, and parents trying to consider everything everybody's emotions that's true but it doesn't make him a winner though <laughs> yeah i mean there can only be one first place you know what's funny is uh you know on i i realized this because i don't really i didn't psychoanalyze myself that much growing up in high school or college or probably even in my early 20s um not until i got into like personal development and like reading and learning a lot about human psychology right and so now I psychoanalyze myself and my motivations and why I did things um, all the time. I feel like probably more than most people do. And I was thinking back because I was talking to my friend because I remember when I was in high school and I was on the basketball court in practice, you know, we practice every day um, and I wanted more playing time. Right. And so how do I do that? I work harder in the fucking in practice. I uh, shine through example and through skill and when we run sprints motherfucker i better finish first right and i was not a fast guy but i put a lot of effort into trying to finish first um mm -hmm. during sprints because i gotta make up for my lack of natural quickness you know um but my buddy who's way more athletic than me um not way more but like he was definitely faster than me um bobby uh one of my buddies uh, who picked me up in Kansas, he picked me up with a beer and a joint, which was, it was dope. Uh, and I remember telling him I, about my memory of doing that. And he was like, no, I was the one who always finished first, right? And so 
in his head, he told him himself the story that he's the one who always finished first. But in my head, I remember him being the guy who goes, I'm fast, so I don't have to try that hard, right? And so uh, what's funny about that thought and the reason I brought it up is because subconsciously there are people like us who don't get fucking swayed by all that little shit because we don't want the fucking participation trophy. We want to be number one, you know? And so we got to ha- tell ourselves if it's not true, then we're going to tell ourselves it is true. Like we finish first, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to try for it every time, right? Because I don't want the fucking, I remember as a kid when I was in kindergarten, the first time I realized I wasn't that fast. Motherfuckers, I'm fast now. So don't try to chase me on the street <laughs> if you see me, you know? But when I was a kid, I was pretty fat. And I remember like fourth grade, we did like the the elementary school Olympics or whatever every year. And I did the foot race and normally I was okay. But then this time, as soon as I cross the finish line, I'm just running as fast as I can and just having fun. They hand me a pink ribbon and it's like eighth place. Congratulations. I was like, oh, eighth place. That's awesome. How many people? Oh, there was eight people in the race. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And so I realized right then, I don't want a fucking eighth place ribbon. You know what I'm saying? I don't want a participation trophy. I used to hate when I was a kid and we would, uh, I would be on the soccer team for the city and, uh, cause all the kids are on the city soccer teams and literally every team at the end of the season, what do they do? They have a pizza party and they give every kid a trophy. I don't want the trophy if I didn't fucking play, bitch. Like, I just want to be a fucking winner, right? And I think people like that don't get swayed by, uh, you know, he said, uh, whatever the fuck people get mad about um, these days. He said, fuck a face mask. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, Type in, yeah. yeah. Just fucking this jizz riddled keyboards and just typing away <laughs> and the crust is just flaking off the keyboard as they're going bro bro yeah. their sock is the mouse yeah. <laughs> yeah so man i don't even know what this podcast is right now uh, i have no idea either but we're just flowing with it yeah you know what some sometimes those are the podcasts that people come to know and love like i feel like when i'm chilling listening to a podcast and they think the podcast is bad because they're just all over the place and there's nothing interesting per se that they're talking about. It's just them talking about whatever. Uh, I feel like me as a viewer until they bring it up, I'm like, yo, this is kind of a fun podcast, you know? Um, So yeah, I kind of like that vibe. I think that's why I'm more pulled to do podcasting more because before, um, well, with the old stuff, I just feel like content is changing as times are evolving and to me, uh, you know, 10 minute videos, the next say these five lines or just like any niche for eight ways to get a six pack in 30 days, you know, any type of video. I feel like that was the trend from like 2014 to 2018, 2019. Um, vlogging was also obviously a trend. I'm trying to figure out what the trend is right now. And I feel like it's podcasts. And I've been saying this Dude. for years that the, the fucking podcast wave is coming. Did I not say that shit? You've been saying that. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, it's true though. Like if you look on, everyone just has a podcast. They started a podcast. Yeah, definitely. But I think now it's just like playing that long game. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing. And I don't want to sound like a, I'm a, I'm hopping the trend. I think for me, I've I knew the trend was coming around the corner because I can kind of sense it. I I was saying this shit back in like 2018. I was like, I think podcasts are going to make a huge comeback. Um, but uh, for me, it just feels more congruent to what I want to do and what I feel like is best incorporated into my lifestyle right now, right? Because there's only so many ways 
that you can make a, a five ways to do X, Y, Z type of video um, in any topic, right? And obviously, they will never go out of style because people are always looking for information. But I think Logan Paul, I literally like the way he said this on a recent podcast of his. He was like, yeah, man, I've been vlogging less lately because... I'm no longer a slave to my audience. I'm no longer willing to be the guy who's only making videos because my audience says, make me a video, make me a video, right? And at a certain point, when you're doing something that's X ways to do X, Y, Z, it kind of starts feeling like, make me another video, make me another video, even though it's not, either, even though you're just fucking around giving value, right? Yeah, I feel like this is the same similar to vlogging content because sometimes I've heard, I forgot where and who said it, but eventually they were just, they were living to vlog, so, like, they would plan out just so they could vlog, you know, something vlog-worthy. And doing yeah. that every day, I'm assuming, like, over a period of time yeah. fucking just tires you out. Well, that's what Logan Paul said. And so I was like, that's interesting because that's kind of how I've been subconsciously feeling about um, just dating advice channel, my dating advice channel. Um, so I think for me, I, I definitely want to keep the channel going because it's my biggest channel, and obviously uh, I've been doing it for years, but... Uh, I want to, the content to evolve, and I don't quite yet know how the channel is going to evolve, but I know it's coming, right? It's mm -hmm. there. There will be an evolution to that channel, and I'm I have faith that that channel will hit a hundred thousand and then a million, because that's always been the goal, right? But right now, I don't think the medium is what it's been and what everybody else is doing, right? Because if I'm doing what everybody else is doing, I'm not doing me, you know, and I don't want to do that. I want to do me, and me. Like, I, I like the way that we did, like, the a few of the last vlogs, uh, a few of the skits we've done, especially for the mm. ads. I think that's probably what's going to be more so what it becomes. If not, we had an idea that we came up with yesterday, oh. which I think has a lot of potential because that's another thing I'm really called to do because it's really personality-based um, as well as value-based, right? value -tainment. Yeah, I feel like that would be definitely very fun just to even watch, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I don't want to say too much if you're listening to this and you are curious on what that's going to be, but just know when we talked about, when I thought about it, I was like, yo, that's a fucking fire idea. And I told it to Chris and he was like, yo, that's a fucking fire idea. And so now I just got to put the pieces in place to make it work. I got to put the what what's the things the I got to make the things in mo put the things in motion. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there's ideas, but I, if you're curious on like, why haven't I posted in two months and why before that did I only post for a couple months and then take a couple months off? It's because yes, the content gets, it starts to feel like it's getting repetitive and it's not that it's just that that trend is passing. It's not a blue ocean anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing it and it's the same fucking thing. So at, at, at a certain point, it's not fulfilling yourself creatively. And I'm, I'm trying to under, uh, let the listeners know how it feels to be on, on the end of the creator, right? And so it's interesting to hear when other creators, even on Logan Paul's level, are saying the same thing because of the same content. Their content hasn't evolved. And so for me, the podcast feels more congruent to who I am now because I can talk about dating. I can talk talk about anything. But now I'm not a slave, you know, to anybody. It's me doing me. And it's me hanging out. And it's me talking about whatever the fuck I want to talk about in the moment, right? But yeah. then obviously the podcast, the other channel there is there. But we got to evolve it while still keeping it congruent to what it is, you know? Yeah. The, someone that comes to mind is, uh, you know, I think his name, hopefully I'm not just being racist here, but Mike Chang, Six Pack yeah. Abs, the, yeah. that guy. I know he had like um, he has his own YouTube channel now and he, he's no longer with six pack abs. But it was apparently it sounds like a mushroom trip. 
definitely one day he just felt like this overwhelming sense of happiness and uh life purpose and so he knew he had to quit that six-pack abs and then just kind of do his own thing but similar on to what you're saying it's like he just seems to be like kind of having fun with it free-flowing not so he's still making youtube content yeah but it's more i i i watched it and it was like a work one of his workout videos but it wasn't really working out it was just whatever he felt like doing whether it was push-ups slinging his hands around just moving the body mm. which was really interesting yeah i didn't I, yeah i didn't know he was still making youtube content um but yeah i mean I, I feel like a lot of people definitely go through similar creative burnouts um and and i'm looking for the solution and i feel like the solution is just evolving the content and doing what you're what you're pulled to do because that's where you're creative energy is going to go. And so for me, that is the podcast right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm fucking ready to go all in on this. I'm like super serious. I like, I want to just start posting these, like just for fun every other day, you know, like even if I just say, Hey, new podcast every Saturday, like we currently are. Um, if I do one every Saturday, yeah, I can at least stick to that. But I want to do one like on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Friday, you know, random days because I wanted, I, I feel pulled to do it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And do you feel like lucky to be in that kind of position to where, I mean, you got your dating advice business and now you're kind of able to use that. I would say, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but foundation to kind of start and evolve into now podcasting yeah. some you in, obviously enjoy. No, I don't feel lucky. <laughs> I feel like I fucking earned this shit because I worked my ass off. I went through what most people are unwilling to do to get to there. You know, most people are unwilling to figure out another way that isn't nine to five employee for big company. You know, most people are taught that that's what they have to do. And most people are satisfied doing that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. But what I did was I what I like to call the $150,000 decision. I was in dental school. It was a sure thing. Just graduate. That's it. C's get degrees. D's get degrees. Unfortunately, especially in medical school and dental school. Oh, that that still applied to like college and stuff, like the medical school. Well, schools in college, you have to get good grades to get into the graduate school. Mm. So dental school is as competitive, if not more competitive, than medical school. And medical school, everybody knows, is competitive. Right? That's a stereotype. And so, uh, literally, we all work so hard to get there, but then you realize, like. Hey, we're, we've, we've made it. This is a sure thing. I dropped out at a school that costs a hundred thousand dollars a year to go to, which is a lot more than most of the dental schools in the country. Right. It was just because of the, uh, this is a private dental school and it was bigger than most of the other schools and it was brand new, you know, it was and one so, of the best. Yeah. It was one of the top rated cause it was brand, it was like brand spanking new and they've, they were like proven. And so their philosophy is we can charge more so we can bring in better teachers and shit, but, and pay for better facilities, which is dope, but it's still a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I dropped out after a year and a half. Right. And so I took that risk to do something that I wanted to do, which was starting a YouTube channel about dating advice and then figuring out how to monetize that. And I knew nothing. Most people would never have taken that risk because it's a huge fucking risk. But I knew that I was unsatisfied doing the sure thing. 
I knew that I have to find the next challenge. For me, before, I was getting fulfilled from the challenge of trying to get the good grades to get in. I had to get 4.0s every year for my last two and a half years of college just to be competitive to get in because I had fucked around my first year and I got Bs and Mm. Bs won't get you into medical school. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting because that just kind of goes into what is your standard for what you have to achieve. And for me, my standard was always, hey, if I can get just Bs, then my parents are happy. And if my parents are happy, I'm happy. And so I did just enough to get the B. And then I figured out, oh, there's another level. I, I have to get A's because it's going to help me get into fucking uh, medical school or dental school, wherever I wanted to go. So that was the challenge for me. But when I got there and I felt like we've arrived, wait, this is it? What else am I going to work for? And so for me, I, maybe I'm just different. I'm wired different because I had to look for that challenge. And for me, it was uh, start a YouTube channel and, and go. And even if, if I'm not logically thinking, yeah, so I'm going to just give myself a challenge. I'm going to drop it. Like, it's not like that. It's literally, I don't feel fulfilled doing this. And I would rather not do this. I would rather take that risk than do this. You know, I don't want to be on the same level as everyone here. And we've arrived and we don't have to work for shit anymore. Like it was ingrained in me that I have to be working for it. You know, I got to do it, which on some level is probably bad because it makes me work harder, not smarter. And at certain times, which is something I'm actively working on but uh uh but i think that's a good trait to have built in you like it's kind of my my chip on the shoulder right and so when i dropped out most people were not willing to do that and so to answer your question do i feel lucky no i feel like i fucking earned this shit and i feel like i haven't even arrived yet i feel like i'm always striving for that next level and where i'm at now i would have not believed if someone told me two, two, three years ago if that you I met be your here. future self, like yeah. just tell <laughs> yeah. you everything that you were, where you're at now, right. You would just still be in disbelief. Yeah. And I think my mom is still in disbelief. I'm still in disbelief that I'm 30 years old, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think I, I am definitely blessed to have the drive to have created uh, a lifestyle to where I have enough free time and resources to be able to pay for a eight ten thousand dollar studio at this point um, in my fucking apartment uh, when the world shut down and and just start podcasting a brand new fucking channel. But for me, it makes sense because what I'm also trying to go for is not just next challenge drop this thing before now I'm already kind of living my purpose. Like it's kind of like David data says you are peeling back the layers of the onion and no matter what you do, when you're just kind of taking action and doing what you're pulled towards, eventually you're going to work just like the layers of the onion. You start on the outer outer layer. It's not as close to your core. You think it's kind of close to what you want to do, but then you peel that layer off and now you're closer to the core of the onion, but you're on that next layer. And so for me, I feel like I'm deep enough into my layers of my onion to where now I'm not looking for the next challenge, but I'm looking for what's the next challenge that also amplifies what I'm already doing. I'm looking for efficiency. Mm. And so when I'm looking about at raw dating advice, raw dating advice has always been the goal. That was the goal from the very start. And so now it's like, how do I turn raw dating advice into an empire? And so for me, the podcast is a platform that's kind of like a hub for any guys who maybe got the results they already have in dating advice or people who are interested in things that I'm interested in that aren't necessarily just dating advice because I am a very, like I have a lot of aspects to my personality. Sometimes I like to play basketball 
basketball. Sometimes I like to work out and lift weights. Sometimes I like to smoke weed. Sometimes I like to fucking rage at the club. Sometimes I like to talk about dating advice. You know, so I have a lot of different aspects, but on the dating advice channel, it doesn't make sense for me to incorporate anything that isn't dating advice related because the people who are seeking out dating advice want the solution to that problem. And I recognize that because I'm a good fucking coach, right? And yeah. so I want to keep this like a hub for maybe guys already found me and got the the results they want. So if they're not actively looking at dating advice, how do they keep up with Patrick James and still consume that content? But also people were attracting a whole new fucking audience, you know, and that's the exciting part. And it eventually can become the thing that replaces the, the current onion. And maybe I peel back that layer altogether, but right now it's how do we make it a cohesive fit, you know? Yeah. And you know, what's crazy about all this is just like when I remember when I first got here, when you were explaining that like whole giant hub, like you want to build the empire. Uh, it seemed like at that time, like the podcast was something you really wanted to do, but you were still putting it off and it felt like it was, it was still very distant. Yeah. And then a couple months later, you know, like with this whole, it just all kind of accumulated and then you just pulled the trigger, which I find fucking awesome. I think, yeah, maybe it's <laughs> at this point, it's easier for me to pull the trigger on things like that. Because to me, if I can drop out of dental school, which is going to put me in the hole, $150,000 with no guarantees that I'll ever be able to make that money back. That's scary. That is something that is a tough pill to swallow. And for me, it's kind of like what Brian Tracy, he wrote a book called Eat That Frog. First thing you do is eat the frog in the morning because it's the hardest thing you'll do all day. Everything after that feels like light work. For me, <laughs> pulling the trigger on a podcast is light work compared to drop out of dental school. So for me, anything that I do today doesn't, it's it's less of a hesitation because I'm like, yo, I've already done the hard shit. I've already eaten that frog. And so, uh, and so for me, yeah, the podcast, I think I just had a moment of realization one night because I, I had been talking about the podcast since literally 2018. Like that's how, when I realized I was fucking in trouble, <laughs> when I've been talking about this thing for almost two years at this point um, before pulling the trigger. And I realized I'm still talking about it the same way. Um, and I think maybe because I felt like I needed to get raw dating advice to a certain point before I could even think about doing this other thing. But um, long story short, when you reach your fucking goal, you're not going to want to coast, especially if you're wired like me, you're going to want to keep going. Right. And so raw dating advice gets there and this becomes an afterthought and I keep talking about it and keep talking about it, but I'm not actually doing it. And so I had to eventually practice what I preach, which is take action. Bro, you're going to talk, you're going to take action, right? And so I just hit a moment of realization. I was like, what's stopping me from doing this podcast tomorrow? Like what? And this guy's like, will even ask me like, how do you even fucking journal? Like what, what is your method to journaling? Because I talk about journaling a lot in my courses especially, but I don't always teach everything I do in my journaling because I don't really have as much of a strategy to journaling as people think. It's I pull out the journal when I need some clarity. And so for me, when I had a moment of realization, why am I not doing this podcast and why have I been talking about it as if it's this far off distance, distant thing for the same for the last couple of years? Well, that's because internally I have something roadblocks in the way that are telling me these need to be achieved before internally I can feel okay doing this thing, right? And when I had that moment of realization, that's when I pulled out the journal and I said, what do I feel like I need? And I wrote the question down to start a podcast and I wrote down everything I could think of. And I was like, whoa, shit. I looked at the list. And I'm like, I could get most of this stuff on Amazon Prime by the end of the week. 
and that would not be outside of my means. So uh, I was like, maybe the, the only thing stopping me from getting the podcast started is me, you know? And so I just pulled the trigger, like you said, kind of like, like that. Yeah, definitely. And so would you say like the journal is more like intuitive, intuitive work? Like, um, there's, the I way mean, you go about it. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to preach that I have the best journaling methods, right? But it works for you. That's how I use the journal. Yeah. I've done daily journaling for many years. Uh, I didn't, I, I feel like it's definitely, it keeps you at a good baseline. Sometimes if I don't journal for too long, then I feel like I get all discombobulated. Um, so I think uh. on a regular basis, it helps me keep clear on what I'm doing and what I'm working helps towards you and what, keep order and what my motivations are. Like it helps me understand myself, you know, um, because I'm laying it out on the paper because I'm just trying to put thoughts and like neural connections to these things I'm feeling in my head. Right. And that's ironically all anybody's doing at all times, any, any day of the week. Right. But, um, I want to understand myself better and be more self-aware. And so that's how I've done it. Cause I feel like, the daily journaling as far as the the time investment as far as like kind of just incorporating that into your schedule to me i wasn't seeing such drastic payoffs to where it made sense to just keep doing it every day and then feel bad when i miss a day you know um so for me now i just give myself permission to do it when i know i need to you know makes sense yeah what about you do you ever journal I have in the past. I haven't lately, but I definitely feel like the same. Um, for me, it's become more like of an emotional thing. And like you said, I mean, I think you put it perfectly. It's just to keep that order in my own head and kind of put things into perspective. So like letting me feel it out and write it out into words. And then I take a step back, look at it and then answer honestly, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you're a guy who pulls the trigger pretty easily too. You moved here um, <laughs> from idea to to actually coming here was like five days or something like that yeah when i was presented the opportunity i was just like I, there was a moment of hesitation but i was like for me because i'm young i i really have nothing to lose like that's the way i looked at it and i've looked at it ever since joining that online program hcc yeah. like when i went to cib uh the in-person event i just sold my car because i needed the money in order to go there you know Damn. so i was just like all right cool like i ain't got nothing to lose you know yeah and ever since then, that's, I mean, I, I just look at it as like worst case scenario. I go back to my hometown living under my parents' roof, yeah. you know? So it, it's like, there's no real harm in, in really putting myself out there. Yeah. And I think, uh, that's definitely an advantage that, I mean, I have the same advantage. Worst case scenario, I can always just go back and live at my parents' house until I can figure shit out. But I, I feel bad for people who don't have yeah. the advantage to be able to do that. And, uh. You know, I was thinking about this. I even miss like my father, you know, who who passed away almost 10 years ago at this point. But like some people have never had a father, you know, so I got to feel grateful for what the I do moment. have. You know, yeah, I think a lot of people forget to be grateful about the small things. You know, when I see someone who's a, a homeless person in Arizona and they're stuck outside in the heat, 115 degrees all summer, all day, every day, man, that sucks. You know, and it makes me uh, grateful for the roof over my head. But at a certain point, and also when I first moved to downtown Phoenix, because in Scottsdale, you don't see that. Um, but in downtown Phoenix, you do. It made me depressed because now it's like, yo, if you fuck up in life, that's where you can end up. 
And just like me being in that environment, it took some getting used to. But being from SF, there I'm was, sure you saw it a lot. Oh, yeah. When I would visit, this one homeless dude tried to fight me once just because I had my phone out. Really? It was it was weird. That's what I think ever since then that that experience, I really don't like SF. Plus, I saw I seen like some homeless people just shooting up right there in the middle of the street. Like Dang. just one one buddy was just looking where he was going to place the needle. The other dude was just standing up. I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? So, I don't know. Ever since then, I, I, I really don't. I mean, SF is cool, but for me personally, I find it to be like a dirty. I get a dirty vibe from it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even feel educated enough about homelessness and what causes it to uh, to to speak on it. And I, I don't even consider myself a voice of po- politics, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, I, this might be naive to say. <laughs> Um, and I probably know this doesn't apply to everybody, but for people who are homeless because they let their life get out of control, they made a series of decisions that got them there. I can't allow myself to feel bad about that, right? Now, I also understand there are unfortunate things where people don't have control over the reason why they're homeless. Um, and for the, for those people, I definitely f- do feel sympathy for um, but it, I've always been the type of person, if you want it, you got to fucking go after it. Yeah. You know? And honestly, a big shift I've made recently is like, whenever I would give, I, I would always be like hesitant to give money to like the homeless people just cause like I would overthink like, oh, they're going to use this for drugs, da, 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 da. Yeah. But then I came to a point of realization. I'm like, what the fuck does it matter if you know, whether they go use it for drugs or not? It's like just me putting that out there, that energy out there. Like I'm here to help. Like yeah. whatever you do, that's outside of my control. And why should I be getting mad over your decisions that you make? Yeah. Like if you want a dollar, here's a dollar. If you want a drink, I'll get you the drink, you know? Yeah. It's so it, it, that's just been a big shift I've made recently. And it's, it's felt, it has me feeling good, just no longer worrying about like, oh, you're going to use this for drugs to further fuck up your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think, um, well, <laughs> I haven't, I, when you said that, it reminded me of like when I was heavily going out like three, four times a week, um, every time I'd see a, a homeless person when I was like a little bl- buzzed or something or when I was like going out and like in a really good state, um, even when I wasn't in a good state, um, I think I, I kind of had the same realization. It's like, I don't mind giving to these people. I literally, the last time there was a huge uh, Black Lives protest when there was a, uh, an overweight black man who got handcuffed and was also on the concrete and he passed away because he couldn't breathe. He was the first one who said I couldn't breathe. This is a few years back. Oh. There's a huge riot in Kansas City, Missouri, and it went on for a while. Around that time, I was back home visiting. I was at the bars and these girls who were at this pizza restaurant, like right next to all the bars, uh, like it's like a Friday night at midnight or something like that. Um, no, it was during the week cause there wasn't a shit ton of people out. So it was like a, a Wednesday night at midnight or whatever. And we're drinking and we're buzzed. And I'm talking to these girls at this pizza place, um, in Kansas city, Missouri. And, uh, and they're asking me, they're trying to guess like what ethnicity I am. And they're like, are you Mexican? And I'm like, no, what makes you think I'm Mexican? Um, guess again. And it was just like, it was kind of like a flirty banter type of thing. And literally my buddy buys this big ass thing of pizza and he comes up to me as I'm on the street outside of the pizza place. Um, and he's like, hey, Patrick, I got you some pizza. And so he gives me a slice of pizza and it's like huge. And I'm like thinking to myself, 
no, I'd rather talk to these girls. And so uh, I'm, I walk up to a homeless guy. I'm like, hey, man, uh, d- would you like some pizza? Right. And I felt good. I was like genuinely I felt kind of the same kind of feeling like. Yeah. And I've done this before. So it was a regular thing for me. I would just give my food to, to the homeless people sitting around there. And uh, as I'm handing this man a slice of pizza, a black man who ended up being like getting becoming like buddies with my buddy. Um, I think he was really drunk, so I'm not going to call him out for this. But I think just tensions were high at the time, just kind of like they are right now. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey, I heard you talking to those girls in there. I said, whoa, wait, what, what? And, uh, and I thought maybe he knew them or something. And he goes, yeah. why does everything got to be about race with you? I said, what are you talking about? Did you, did you actually hear what we were talking about? Cause I was flirting with those girls and, um, and I didn't mention anything about race. He goes, well, they were talking about Mexican and you said something about what's wrong to be Mexican. And I said, yo, you got this way out of fucking context or whatever. And it just, it, it hit me. This man is trying to, and he told me, he's like, I'm, I have a, I have a six figure job, you know, and I have daughters who are 15. Like he's trying to convey to me that he's a respectable man and he's calling me out and he was clearly very fucked up. Um, and I was like, it hit me. I was like, yo, I was in such a good mood and I still am in such a good mood. And I was literally giving a homeless man food (laughs) and this man rolls up and tries to pick a fight with me. And, uh, it just, I guess that that was just me going on a side tangent for me remembering a moment where I also felt good giving to someone homeless and not caring like if I gave him money or whatever. I did the same thing here when I was working at a at a, a restaurant and I was like getting cash tips every night. I came home one night and this is when I first started da- dating Kate um, and she uh, uh, came pulled up. It was like at midnight. I remember she pulled up in her car as I was outside waiting for her to come here. And I was talking to a homeless guy because I was just giving him a few of like all the ones I had from that night working because mm. you get like a bunch of 20s some fives, some 10s and a couple of ones. I just gave him a bunch of ones. It's like, hey, man, hope this helps you out. Uh, and and I just sat there and talked to him for like 30 minutes. And he said to me something that also blew my mind. He goes, um, yeah, man, thank you for sitting here and talking to me. Sometimes, you know, it's not the money. We don't give a shit about money. We just we just want someone to talk to sometimes. And I was like, yo, that that makes me feel really good. And then Kate came. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've had a couple experiences like that. Yeah, like remember when we went to the park over here and then that, that old home, I was just talking yeah. to that homeless man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was cool. Like just hearing about his story. I, I mean... I don't know. That was a little bit more sketchy to me because you treated him way different than I did. Really? Because that was right when COVID started. Mm. And they were like, yo, distance from people. Don't talk to people. Don't touch people. And this, you and I are just trying to get a workout in because the gyms are closed. <laughs> we go to the fucking park. And this guy, was he Mexican? Yeah. Because I remember you guys were speaking Spanish to each other. Um, so Mexican guy rolls up to me, looks really dirty, like so clearly homeless. Yeah. And he asks if he can use my phone. Hell no, in this fucking pandemic, am I giving you the thing that I have in my hand at all times that's always also on my by my face? And how can I know you're not just going to fucking run off with my phone, right? And so to me, I said, no, I'm not letting you use my phone. Sorry. And so that's why I was surprised that you let him not only use your phone, but then you sat there and talked to him and shit. Yeah, um, he was, I mean, he was a cool dude. Uh he, he, like, it, it's weird how, like, aware some of these homeless people are, like, to where, like, he's like, yeah, dude, like, I'm basically, he's basically on heroin. He doesn't talk to his kids anymore. Only mm. talks to his mom. 
And that's who he wanted to get a hold of. So he get because he forgot his phone in her car because mm. they talk every now and then. But it's I mean, it's, I guess, humbling to hear their stories. And it's just like a reminder of just like, I don't know, just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. I think that's one thing that I've also come to realize, uh, especially after taking all those risks, you know, things that most people would never do. Well, you're going to stop this guaranteed six figure income to start a YouTube channel um, about dating advice. Uh, yeah, that's what I fucking did. Um, I think the one thing I realized in that process and to now is like hard work never doesn't pay off. You know, it always pays off. Um, Cause even when I'm doing, I'm working hard now and I feel like it's moving slow, moving slow, moving slow, but it's only because I'm so fucking close to it. But every time I even put effort into anything, when I sit down and just fucking focus for like a week straight or like period, if I consistently stay focused and I'm working hard on my business, especially like I have been lately, it always pays off. Even if it's not immediate, it always pays off. Even in my dating life, it always pays off. Taking action, asking for the number, getting rejected, going up and talking to the girls, it always paid off. So that's the motivating thing for me is like, I have a very big fear of dying and being homeless. And so that's probably why I have a lot of anxiety whenever I'm like, Maybe the business is going down a little bit because this mm. month is a little bit lower than last month. And I think it's because of that irrational fear I have of being homeless. And so uh, I don't ever want to do that. And I've noticed every time I just work, every time I just chip away at it, I'm actually moving in the opposite direction of homelessness, right? And so I, I think that's the biggest thing for me to rely on from a, um, a faith standpoint, just knowing I'm on the right path, you know? Yeah, and that you're just going the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any moments like that? That, that I just like, no, I'm, I'm working hard or what do you mean? Um, kind of just like uh, overall understanding that you're on the right path, you mm -hmm. know, definitely. I feel like it, it's definitely intuitive. It's hard to say, like hard to express it, but I've had those moments to where sometimes it comes within like deja vu. Like it just feels like, oh, okay, I've been here. So I know I'm going in the right path mm. type of thing. It, it's really weird. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was just sitting in this desk. I forgot how you open the blinds a certain way, but it just felt like I had, well, it was one of the same days you had deja vu, but I just had it earlier. And I was like, I feel like I've been here before, you know? So that kind of had gave me that motivation or just like that internal dialogue of just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going in the right direction. So you take deja vu as like a positive experience. I think yeah. for me, ironically, deja vu has been happening less than it used to. I feel like it used to happen to me all the time. And now it's like once in a blue moon or maybe I just don't remember when I do have it. But isn't it just like a chemical reaction to where your body thinks it's having like it's been there before? I, I remember hearing some something like I mean, that. Isn't everything a chemical reaction? Yeah. Aren't you just a continuously ongoing self-sustaining chemical reaction? Bro, don't fuck me up like that <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's a chemical reaction. Yeah. But, I mean, Joe Rogan, he, he likes to say that chemical DMT is a gateway, a portal to another dimension. I don't know if I believe that. I, I Honestly, that's why I want to experience it because I'm like, maybe it's just a chemical reaction, but everything's a chemical reaction. So maybe if that is true, maybe if there is some relevance to that, then maybe uh, deja vu is a chemical reaction and it is some freaky deaky shit. What what would you hope to see like in a DMT trip? I'm curious. So 
I think what people describe as seeing the geometric shapes and the colors and seeing like figures and shapes and creatures in those, I think that would kind of freak me out. And I would almost feel disappointed if that's what I see, like what you see on some of these pictures and paintings. Cause what I'm picturing is like you fucking hit the DMT and you sit back and your mind just like astral projects you into a fucking galaxy and you're like flying through space and you see the stars and you're going towards this fucking galaxy and you can Jesus. see it just getting bigger and then you fucking just like that's what i'm hoping to see how cool would that shit be bro i That'd think i'm just crazy. obsessed with space <laughs> yeah i definitely oh man and you haven't really tried much psychedelics huh no i took that the mushrooms once and i didn't even realize this is there a difference between like mushrooms that are more psychedelic and mushrooms that are more just feel good? Yeah, I was learning about that. It's some, I guess, so like the the stems of the mushroom, if I remember correctly, that's more of a body high. And like the actual mushroom cap is more of like the, the visual. Mm. And there's also different types of mushrooms, like different strains. Mm. And I guess, I think if it's like the gold caps or... I don't know, gold something. Yeah. But those are supposedly like the really, really good ones. Yeah. You know what's crazy is like everybody who's taking psychedelics, um, and this is just me observing because I don't have a lot of experience with them, um, hardly any. And I think the mushrooms I took that one time were more of the feel-good ones because I don't remember tripping out <clears throat> and like seeing weird shapes and shit. Yeah. You know? I've only had that once, like extreme visuals was when I took quite a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's when like, I just closed my eyes, went under under some sheets, and I disappeared into another realm. I was just like, <sighs> "That's funny." <laughs> I was just a giant as marshmallow. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, man. I uh, I think I'm curious to try it just to see what it's like, and I want to see if it really is a portal. Because if it is a portal, I want to go through that portal. I want to see what's in another dimension. But I think when someone made broke it down logically, this is the most logical explanation. To where I might believe that it is a portal to another dimension. Someone was saying it's like, um, it's kind of like you have five senses, but what are the five senses? The five senses are just what you have organs to sense. You have a nose and you can smell. You have a, a tongue so you can taste. You have nerve endings so you can touch. But what don't you have senses for? Like, what organ do you not have on your body? What if there's a whole other realm of a bunch of different things that you can sense that you just don't have the ability to sense, right? Mm. And like, but they're there, but you don't have a nose for it or whatever, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of this mind-blowing fact that we can't visualize 3D because yeah. we're just like two-dimensional. Right. And that that just blew my mind. Yeah. And I was like, yo, if that's possible, you know, like, so it, it kind of gives some, I guess, with that logic, when you take the shrooms, would it be just kind of yeah. like unlocking that? It's unlocking your ability to sense the things that are already there, but you can't just access them uh, without that chemical reaction. Maybe the chemical reaction changes your brain chemistry a little bit to where now you are starting to sense it. Puts you in that vibrational state. Yeah. That you need to be in order to sense it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and I was watching this one video that was really blowing my mind and it was this fucking British lady, um, talking about dimensions and like, I forget the, the, the concept of it, but it was really fucking with me because it was basically saying like, when you're in the third dimension or the fifth dimension, you sense and project onto the dimension below you. And for example, 
we are technically in 3D, but what are we always looking at? Something that's 2D on our phone, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's hypothetically, I guess, the way she explained it, and she goes, simply by us knowing that we project and can sense the 2D, we know um, because we can work backwards and say these dimensions are currently sensing us, right? And so I don't, I don't know if I explained it well, but that's kind of how I in a nutshell took it the way she was showing it with visuals. And so she kind of deduced with this scientific reasoning. And obviously I'm sure she has a lot of research to back it up that there were X, Y, I forget the amount, but it was like a bunch of different dimensions that are here that we just can't access, you know? And so that is crazy. If maybe you just start accessing that other dimension, but it's already there. And so some people, um, even say that that could be what UFOs are. They're interdimensional beings that are just popping into our dimension real quick. Oh, uh, so they, they're technically at a higher dimension. Yeah. And they're just like coming in, making vis- making themselves visible to our dimension. Yeah. And what's disappointing about that to me is I would almost be more fascinated if they came from another star system, right? To me, it would be more disappointing it would be still be cool, don't get me wrong, but I would be, I would be a little disappointed if they were just from Earth, but in a different dimension that's on Earth. You know, mm, that'd be crazy. What if like what if space wasn't infinite, and it just cuts off, but there's multiple dimensions to that. I mean, I don't even know what a dimension is compared to the universe. Now I'm getting all confused. <laughs> me too. I'm just imagining black. And stars. <laughs> well, what point. is what is black? Black is the absence of light. What is light? Light is created by a chemical reaction. And so you can't have black without light, you know? Um, so what is there? It's hard. You can't even conceptualize it. You know, what if you go outside of the outer edge of our universe, which apparently we do know that there is an outer edge. I guess we deduce that because scientists can sense that our universe is expanding because the distances between everything is growing bigger at an accelerating rate. So it's expanding and it's accelerating too. And so they can deduce because it's expanding that there's probably an outer edge to this expansion. But what if it's not? What if we're just floating apart in an endless fucking vacuum, you know? And I, 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 I feel like most people don't talk about that, that alternative that could be true because what I'm seeing on these fucking documentaries, which don't get me wrong, I'm not a mathematician, I'm not a physicist, I'm basing what these people are telling me. But what these people are telling me or what they are biased to tell me from their conclusions, right? But if they give me their conclusions, I'm allowed to see, ask questions and uh, poke holes wherever I feel like there might be a hole, you know? Yeah, I, I just feel like, Right now, you're leaving me like that. That one video of the guy explaining <laughs> that one math theory with oh, the yeah. fur nose, fur nose. <laughs> yeah, it's just like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, what was crazy? Going back to uh, the the psychedelic discussion before we went on that random tangent was um, my buddy uh, when I was back in Kansas, who's very logical thinking. He's very it, like politics is as woo woo as he gets right ah. so um what was interesting is he's the one who i tried mushrooms with who's taken a lot of drugs recently and he's had and he has a good lifestyle and he makes money so he can do it um and nobody's stopping him and nobody's got any problems with it so he'll do it um and so what's crazy is i've known him since i was fucking three or four years old we've grown up together we've always been best friends 
And I know that this guy doesn't think about conspiracies and aliens and things that I think about because I nerd out on space and shit. And I know he doesn't nerd out on space like I do. But when I went back and talked to him, and this is a man who, you know, I haven't hung out with him a lot in the last couple of years because I've been living in Arizona. And so I only see him once or twice a year, right? And so since he started taking mushrooms, he now sounds like me <laughs> because really? he's talking about like, I asked him, I was like, so you took mushrooms all those times? Because I never asked him about this stuff because this is not stuff that comes up in conversation with me and him. I'm like, yo, um, now that you've taken a lot of mushrooms, I'm talking to all my buddies who take mushrooms and psychedelics, and they do it, and they come away with the these like life-changing realizations. And to me, it seems like you just kind of take it out of recreation just for fun and to party and turn up, right? <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah. And I was like, have you ever had any of those moments? And he goes, oh, yeah. And then we just go talking, and this man's talking my ear off about fucking aliens and shit. I'm like, yo, psychedelics are opening him up to these other dimensions, and That's crazy. he's starting to say the same shit. I was like, all right, so what's a what's like a, a an action step that you have taken following a realization after a mushroom trip? Like, and I wanted to see what he said, and he says the same thing that you say, that Brian said, that all these other fucking psychedelic takers are saying. Maybe. They're all coming to the same realization, which I, fascinates me because if I think that's evidence that supports that it might be accessing another dimension because if everybody's having the same fucking realization, you like know, that one show where everyone just falls asleep. Yeah. That, the one that you talk about. Yeah. I think the movie, the name of that show is Flashpoint, but mm. that's a, that's another topic. Yeah. He said, it's just be nice to each other. Be nice to one another. I was like, yo, coming from this guy, that's huge. And him talking like that, he sounds like all of my other friends who have had the same realization on mushrooms other and psychedelics. He said, literally, um, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what fuck. And he said this a couple weeks ago. And what happens? Chadwick Boseman or Bosman passes away. Nobody knew what he was going through. People were quick to judge saying he's not looking healthy or whatever. They didn't know he was fighting cancer this whole time. My buddy literally said that. He had that realization on mushrooms. He said, be nice to people. You don't know what the fuck they're going through. We're all human, you know? And I'm like, yo, all right, now I really want to try it. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that's definitely needed, especially now, is just that understanding, that compassion. That's where I find myself sometimes just very, being toxic in the sense where I'm just like, oh, you're voting for this. I don't like you anymore, you know? But I'm, yeah. I just catch myself and I'm just like, no, I feel like that compassion, understanding, and that love, I guess, is is much needed now more than ever. Just because I feel like the social media is just putting a divide between everyone. Like, you're either blue or you're red. You're black or you're white. There's no middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I asked him on that line of thinking, do you think everybody should experience psychedelics? Um, because that's a, obviously would be a good realization for a lot of people to have. Um, and I made the example, do you think your parents should take psychedelics? Because his family, his parents had five kids. His oldest sister is about to have her fifth child. And all these kids are back to back to back to back to back. And Bobby's baby mama told me it was because uh, they're Catholic and they don't believe in contraception. I'm like, okay, I understand people are Catholic, but I didn't know every Catholic is super by the book Catholic. And I've grown up with these people. I didn't realize that they were that by the book Catholic. But now that I'm back in that environment, because I've been disconnected, I've been, I've, I'm out of the matrix. I'm in Arizona, just like living in my own world, creating my own shit. Um, I forget that they are very traditional Catholic. And, uh, along with that comes, 
judgment for, hey, you don't want to get your son, your child baptized. Hey, you're not marrying your baby mama. Um, you're co-parenting. You're not even in a relationship. And like, these are his life choices based on what he thinks be is best for his child, but it's not what the Catholic church says he should do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I forget that his parents are super traditional Catholic, great people, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I asked him, do you think your parents would be, so cause I guarantee if they started taking psychedelics and started having these realizations too, they would question the way they think about life. He literally told me taking psychedelics made him not fully believe in God the way that it's taught in, in religions. He was believes he, was he like full on Catholic as well? Yeah. Yeah. But now he believes in like Different. the universe energy, you know, there's a creator, but maybe he's not a, like the God who says X, Y, Z, like, you know, you have to do this, no contraception, you know, no homosexuals. Right. And so he's, it's interesting to see the way he's changed from that. It's our, you can debate all day about what caused it and if it's beneficial or not. But I asked him, do you recommend that your parents are, he goes, I believe everybody should experience it. Everybody should do it at least once. And I was like, yo, that's crazy for this guy to be saying that, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's a fine line though, just because uh, I feel like some people aren't ready for it or they're not mentally, um, they're not in the right mind space. Cause I feel like that fucks with you a lot. And if you're not, if you're not strong internally, I really feel like it could fuck you up. Like just, I've heard people wasn't, um, I don't want to say his name, but one of the clients saying that when they took mushrooms, uh, his, her, his friend got into like a psychosis for like seven days. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Was this recently? Yeah. On the coaching accountability. Call. Oh, maybe I just forgot that part of the conversation. Yeah. He mentioned that she went into like psychosis for like a week. I, I mean, I guess maybe it's not for everybody, right? Uh, but definitely, I mean, if you're an adult and, like, it's, it's up to your choice, but I feel like it's a good experience. It's a fun one. Yeah. I, you know what's interesting? I never talk about mushrooms, but I feel like I've talked about mushrooms at least once every podcast for the last, like, five podcasts. Now people think you're low-key. You just take just mushrooms when you're not on the podcast. all day, bro. <laughs> No, I'm like, I'm not taking psychedelics. I just, for some, maybe it's because you talk about psychedelics. <laughs> you're pretty, yeah, you're pretty straight edge. What do you mean? Straight edge as far as like, you just do weed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all. It's not. Which is ironic because before I, I would consider weed pretty extreme. Um, and it was ironic because I literally heard on Joe Rogan's first Spotify podcast that came out yesterday. He was talking about like in hour five and a half, you know, uh, I think he mentioned something like he used to get defensive when people talk shit about weed, but now he doesn't give a shit when he just kind of laughs it off. But before he got defensive um, because he had just started smoking weed and he realized weed is not what everybody had preached, what it was, you know, this very controlled substance that you should never do it's a terrible drug for you you do it and you're gonna get killed it's gonna lead to cocaine it's gonna lead to meth you're gonna yeah. be a druggie yeah and he goes when i realized that that i was it was all a fucking lie and i was doing it myself and experiencing it and seeing what it really was that's when i started to get defensive about weed so that's that's what he said um and so i i think for me I used to consider weed like pretty fucking extreme and I would actually not do it at all. And I didn't like when I did it because I felt like I was being too extreme. Um, but now I'm like, 
maybe I've come to my own realization that it's not what people fucking made it out to be. Like I remember my dad, my mom, I was telling you about this. She worked in an office like with a bunch of retired like fucking higher ups in the army, the U S army, like generals and shit. And she was like the accountant in that office. And so I would always be the little kid running around the office, uh, and, and by Fort Leavenworth. And, uh, uh, these generals, I remember one of them said to me one day, and this is a guy who I knew as a kid and he was always this really cool guy to me. Um, he said, if I ever find out that you smoke weed, come after you (laughs) 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 and i was like i'm gonna never do weed you know so it was ingrained in me that it's terrible right and but he also said before he said that he's never been high and maybe one day right before he's about to die he'll experience what these fucking druggies are fucking doing you know but and then the way he's talking about it man how many people base their fucking lives based off of little offhanded comments that shit fucks make, you know? Yeah. What, what, what qualifies him to be saying that, you know, he's never, he's literally never done it. And he's only parroting what he's always heard. Wasn't it propaganda back then where it's like you smoke weed or you do ask or something like that and you turn gay. I, I don't fucking know. Bro. <laughs> they used to say that about AIDS that only gay people have AIDS. And, um, they were uh, pleasantly surprised. I think it's all marketing propaganda. You know, it's interesting to see, uh, Kind of like I, I've been watching Narcos a little bit lately. I first I recent like I've never watched it before, and I recently started it. Um, and I also saw that that show that's like a series on Netflix called The War on Drugs or something. Um, and it's like talking about the econo- the business of drugs or something like mm. that. It's talking about the business of every drug: cocaine, marijuana, Adderall, meth. You know, it talks about how it's made and how the business starts and where it comes from and the the processes of what makes it such a big war with the government trying to stop it all. And you realize that it's all just money. You know, the government doesn't like how much money is coming through that's not under their control, that they can't tax. You know, it's all a fucking business, you know. And so what happens is Ronald Reagan, president, what do presidents, politicians have to do? They have to do things and make it look like they're changing, making positive change. And so Ronald Reagan started this war on drugs, you know, and that was his fucking political move. It was a political chess move that was motivated by money, you know, because they wanted to be able to control this stuff and tax it. And, you know, they didn't like that it was coming from a different country and coming through their country. And then they hype, they blow the shit out up uh, of like, um, you know, all these people died. It's terrible. And they make everything so bad. And why is marijuana bad? Literally, the only reason marijuana is bad is because the, the people who were using hemp, they were about to start using hemp a lot more. And I forget what it was. It might have been, I don't know if it was paper. It might have been paper. They realized hemp paper was way more efficient. But the people who use current paper or like trees and whatnot, they said, oh, no, fuck that. So they made, they called it marijuana, which means something like dirty Mexican or something weird like that. Interesting. <laughs> and they made it a bad thing. And so for that reason, they cornered the market. So that way hemp is now illegal because marijuana is bad and it gets you mm. high. It's literally a fucking business move, you know? And so when you realize that, you realize, huh, maybe I've been taught a fucking lie. And I think that's why people got big about flat earth theory i don't think anybody realistically thinks the earth is flat i think people like to get their rocks off on the fact that hey maybe we haven't been taught the truth our whole lives you know and that's what really fascinates people yeah and honestly with that said my train of thought is kind of going would it be bad to be under one world order uh would it be that bad it depends on the setup 
I think I think uh, I've heard some interesting ideas. Joe Rogan's very vocal about his this on his podcast. He says, you know, nobody should be the president. First off, it's a terrible job. Who would even want it in the first place? And, um, you know, why why are we placing that much power into one person's hands? You know, and so I like his argument for it should be a fucking council of people, right? It should be qualified people who are qualified to be running the country, right? D- Donald Trump is a reality TV star who's a real estate billionaire. Is he qualified to be making wartime decisions based off of fucking trade? You know, like what qualifies a real estate investor to do that shit? What qualifies him to do everything, you know, and oversee everything? You know, it's hard enough managing a fucking team in a small business. You're asking this guy who has no managing experience to manage the entire fucking country, right? How many politicians have come through that are terrible managers of people? So when you think about that, yeah, it makes sense that why the fuck are we placing this much power into one person's hands when we don't even know if he's qualified to be a manager of all this shit? Because managing is a skill, just like selling is a skill, just like marketing is a skill, managing is a skill. I am personally not a good manager. Eventually, when my team gets big, I need to hire managers. I'm an idea guy. I'm an action taker. I'm a put my head down and do it type of guy. That's a skill set that is needed on a team. But a manager is a skill set. Is every president qualified to be a manager? Is Joe Biden qualified to give public speeches? No. But <laughs> literally, we put these people in, in the place of power to where they are the man on top. So... Yeah, I think it's crazy. I think if there was a one world order, it would depend on how it's set up. I don't like if it would be in all in one person's hands. I think there needs to be checks and balances and controls in place. Disbursement of power. Yeah. Um, and even capitalism, I've been thinking about this recently. The way America's run, you know, we have to fight over the, we like the way our economy's set up better than, than your economy's set up. So we're going to fight communism because communism, we just don't agree with it. Whether or not you agree with it, some people like it, obviously, because that's why they're fucking fighting for it. And so when I, I, I don't like to consider myself right or left. I like to consider myself Patrick motherfucking James. I'm going to make my decision on what I think is morally and ethically correct, right? And it's not going to be right or left. It's going to be what I think makes the most logical sense and um, benefits people in the best way and when you think about like what what was the motivation behind starting everything i realized capitalism in itself is a great thing and it's the way the world works and i would have never known this unless i had started my own business and realized oh this is how people have jobs is someone started a fucking business once it got big enough to where they can hire more people now people have jobs and those people go and spend money so people can continue to have jobs so those businesses can continue to pay those people it's a self-sustaining system i get it it makes sense conceptually but then i realize that it's still all just a man-made fucking creation right and so it's because it's man-made naturally by definition imperfect there's going to be holes there's going to be loopholes so there's going to be loopholes in everything and so just like i don't know necessarily agree that facebook should have as much power as it does or amazon should have as much power as it does but they're so successful that they buy out anything that might pose a threat to it and now they're an even bigger corporation with even more power to where now zuckerberg is getting talked about on cnn and paul like just like he's a fucking politician but he's really just a guy who started this fucking app called facebook right and so i don't think 
I think that's probably a major hole in a man-made system that is capitalism is that eventually you could become so good at capitalism that now you have power just by nature of being so good at it. Um, is that good or bad? I don't fucking know, but I know that there's probably going to be holes in any one world order. And do I want those holes to be, it would be, it would depend on what are those holes and do they outweigh the pros of having that one world order? I don't fucking know. Um, nor do I think it really fucking matters on a day-to-day basis. What am I going to be doing differently? You know, I'm still going to be eating. I'm still going to be sleeping. I'm still going to be working out. Um, I'm still going to be spending time with my girlfriend. What's different? You know, maybe I have a different job because I, in, in this, whatever society, you don't need jobs, whatever you do to fucking occupy your time. You're just a fucking ant on a rock hurtling through space or spinning around this fucking ball of gas hurling through space. You don't know what the fuck is happening. You don't know what, why we're here. You don't know anything. You don't know anything outside of this fucking rock. You're just an ant who's just trying to make sense of your purposeless existence in this world or in this universe. And maybe it has purpose. Maybe it doesn't, but you're just trying to find purpose. This is why people get participation trophies and get mad about what one person said on the internet. It's all just fucking people trying to find purpose out of a purposeless thing. And I don't don't mean to sound fucking what is this nihilistic like in my head i don't find nihilism a negative thing i don't find it um purposeless to be depressing i've already come to grips with maybe that is a possibility that that is it and logically if i'm trying to look at it that probably makes the most sense but maybe it's not all i know is if it is I'm going to be the fucking best at that game. I'm going to be the fucking best at finding my purpose. I'm going to be the fucking best at whatever game we're playing, but I'm still going to recognize it's just a game, you know? Yeah. I mean, you. I, I completely 100% agree with you, except I'm offended that you called your viewers and myself a gnat <laughs> on this fucking rock. I'm going to go leave a one-star review, and that's it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you, hit a pretty nail. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. This is fun. We need to do this more often. I want to do this. I'm serious. I want to do this like a couple times a week. It, and it's just like, what am I going to do in my free time? This is fun to me. I have fun doing this. I'd rather be doing this and watching Netflix, you know. Um, so, yeah, I want to do this more often. I, I'm, I'm just going to post this tomorrow. Fuck it. It's not even Saturday, right? It's fucking Wednesday. I'll post it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I like this one. This one was fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace out.